This reading is from Acts 4, and it begins at verse 5, and it's 773 in the Bibles. Um, Peter and John have been um, teaching about Jesus, and the uh, leaders in, uh, in the Sanhedrin have thrown them into prison overnight. So the next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who'd been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they've performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, What is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to listen to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Telstra or Optus? <laughs> Maccas or Hungry Jacks? BMW or Audi? Manly Sea Eagles or the under 12s? That's right. And the, and the, and the classic, Coca-Cola or Pepsi? Which of these brands has, has the definitive um, authority in the areas that we're talking about? You know, what, what is it about the brand names? Which are the names that, that have the top role, the top position? That's something that, that we could discuss, but be assured that that's what the companies are, are vying for, isn't it? That their name would be the top name in their area, in their field. That they would be the authority on... Um, the taste of cola or the fit out of a, of a motor car. There's a, a rivalry that, that is attached to the names. 
And uh, this doesn't surprise us, does it? Because we know the little phrase that, that you know, someone's trying to make a name for themselves. And we understand what that means, that they're trying to take some position of authority or responsibility. So when it comes to the first century, who are the big name power brokers in the first century? And I'm not talking about consumer products here, uh, I'm talking about people. We find out very uh, early in the piece in the story of Jesus that there, is, uh, there, are, there are two groups, Pharisees and Sadducees, and they're both anti-Jesus. And they actually uh, are both represented on the council, the Jewish council, the Sanhedrin, which is made up of 70 men and um, the high priest for the day, Annas. Now, when we look into that little group, and these are the, the powerful men who Peter and John are about to be brought before, when we look into this little group, we see that the group is actually run by the Sadducees. The high priest, Annas, is a Sadducee and many members of his family are on the council. It's interesting because when we uh, move on from the story last week of the healing of the lame man, Peter and John were in the temple telling people about Jesus and at the end of the day they were arrested and put into prison. And the group that arrested them were the Sadducees, the chief of the temple guard and the Sadducees. Why were they arrested? In verse 2, if you've got Acts chapter 4 open, verse 2, which is just before our reading, says, They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching people, proclaiming in the name of Jesus the resurrection of the dead. You see, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. And they often had discussions with the Pharisees. But Peter and John were arrested because they were preaching that Jesus was raised from the dead. And they were put into prison, and then the next morning they were dragged before this ruling council, the Sanhedrin. And what were they asked? Verse 7. By, by what power or what name do you do this? That's their question. By what power or what name did you do this? Who is the powerful one behind you? Who has the religious power in our city? Whose name is stronger than the name of the Sanhedrin? You see, that council had been given all authority in religious matters by the Roman conquerors and they ran the show. It was this same group of, of leaders who just a few months before had met and uh, pronounced that Jesus should be crucified, handed him over the Roman, to the Romans to be crucified. So this is a group of powerful men. They think they are the, the power brokers uh, in Israel in, in the day, in their day. And this kind of whole incident is seen in that light as coming to groups with who has the power, who has the authority when it comes to religious faith. Well, uh, as they uh, called Peter and John before uh, the crowd, before the, the group, the crowd kind of gathered to hear, and Peter gives another one of his talks or mini sermons if you like that we've been looking at through the book of Acts uh, and seeing how we can learn something from 
his method and from his procedure. Not that we will be standing before a Sanhedrin at any time near, I hope, um, but we can still learn from what Peter had to say. So it is a very short message that Peter gives here. It goes from verse 8 to verse 10. He says, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. It's the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus is the one who has the big name, according to Peter and John. Jesus is the one with the power and authority, even over sickness and death. And uh, this act of kindness, as it's called for healing this man who has been crippled from birth, was not done by Peter or John in their own power. They said that it is the name of Jesus who, who uh, has healed this man. So the authority and power of Jesus. It's amazing, isn't it? Peter was not intimidated by this group of powerful men. He gave the same simple message um, that we've heard twice before. What does he say? He says to the, to the different groups he's speaking to, you guys are responsible for killing Jesus, but God has actually raised him up again. The first two um, times he said that, once, once was at Pentecost, and then the next was last week's story of the, the uh, lame man in the temple. Both those cases he got a good reception. What is going to happen here with this kind of confrontation of powers? Now it's about this time that we begin to understand just why the Holy Spirit prompted um, Peter and John to heal this particular beggar. He was well known in the whole city of Jerusalem. He was over 40 years old. He had never walked before and he had, was placed at that temple and no one could discourage that miracle. Uh, sorry, could discredit that miracle. It was plain and clear. And more than that, the guy who was healed is right there with them. And I've got a picture of him walking, you know, because... He hasn't done much of that before. <laughs> and, you know, he doesn't want to sit down. He's been sitting down for 40 years. So he's there and he's moving and everyone is looking at him and they can see that it is the man who was the cripple has now been healed. And even the, um, the powerful Sanhedrin, when they sent um, Peter and John out and they had their own little discussion about this, they said in verse 16, what are we going to do with these men? Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign. What are we going to do? Everyone knows this man who was lame and who is now walking and he won't keep quiet about it. What are we going to do? Interesting, isn't it? They, they can't deny the miracle but neither could they agree that the miracle was done in the power of Jesus' name because that would lose them their authority. They couldn't arrest Peter and John because their 
credibility, their authority over the crowd would, would quickly evaporate if they saw an injustice that these two guys were arrested for an act of kindness, for doing good. They, they didn't deny the miracle. They couldn't deny the miracle. They couldn't arrest them. So what do they do? Do they fall down on their knees in repentance as others have done when they've heard of, of their, their complicity in killing Jesus? And he's No, they don't. What do they do? Verse 18, They called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. See, they thought they'd got rid of this Jesus. And now, through his followers, people are, you know, the, the city is alive with people speaking and, and murmuring about this miracle, about Jesus being raised from the dead. So the council, all they could do was to threaten them. And when your authority comes down to, to threats, you know that you don't have much clout. Isn't that right? That's so, nice try to reassert their authority, but Peter and John uh, actually call their bluff in verse 19 and 20. Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Another brave statement, isn't it? Throwing it back to them. You be the judge, whether we should listen to you or God, but we have seen and heard. Uh, we've seen the, the, the works of Jesus. We've seen the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We've heard his teaching. We've heard his explanations. And we cannot stop but speaking about what we have seen and heard. Wow. Well, who's the one who's shown to have the, the name of authority now? The apostles stuck with Jesus. They couldn't help speaking about what Jesus had said and done. And really, in a sense, we could, we could end now and I could, I could say to you, you know, Jesus is the one with the power, so let's go and you know, tell everybody about him. Let's speak of him. But then you'd say, well, I didn't actually see Jesus do the miracles. I wasn't like the disciples. Um, I didn't actually hear his, his word. So maybe I'm just kind of, you know, uh, a little, should take a little back seat uh, because I don't kind of qualify as the apostles do. And then we get kind of defeated. We get the guilt trip. We, we should be, you know, out there witnessing to what Jesus has said and done and and so on. So let me ask a question. Where do you and I get the same confidence that Peter and John had? We haven't personally seen Jesus. Where do we get the confidence? Well, let me suggest that it's all about who has the power in your life. It's not about what time we lived in in history. It's about who we give the power to in our lives. And in Australia today, who do most Australians uh, see as the ones who have power over them? The politicians? 
You've got to be kidding. <laughs> no, I don't think so. What about the police force? No? Notice how police shows on television have changed from the 70s where the police always did the right thing to now when the police are just as bad as the others and they've got their own struggles and they're trying to keep the peace. No, I don't, th I don't think people see policemen as those who have the authority over, uh, over our life. What else? Is it the, um, the CEOs of, of big companies? They haven't done so well lately either, have they? Not a lot of credibility there to listen to their authority. So what do we do? Well, who do we listen to? I think we listen to ourselves. Who is the authority in my life? I really want it to be me. And I think the same is true for you and I think it's true for all Australians. We are driven by our own sense of self-determination. De I'll do it my way. Don't tell me what I can and can't do. I'm in control of my own life. I've made plans. Uh, I'm the one who knows what's best for me. So don't try and get in the way and tell me what I should be doing. Does that ring a bell? Maybe you've heard your uh, children say that to you. We, we are in this position, aren't we? This amazing position where every person thinks that they have the authority over their life and most are not prepared to recognise any other source of authority. But I want to tell you that being a Christian is a matter of giving up the authority over your life. That is the biggest hurdle, isn't it, for us to overcome, is to insist on Jesus being the final authority. Not, not a religious council, you know, not a Christian guru, but it is Jesus who is the final authority. We need to get serious about allowing Jesus to have authority in our life. And if we do that, that is going to take, uh, that'll take sacrifice. That'll, that will actually cost us. Things will, will, will not get easy, they'll get difficult. We may be faced with being embarrassed as to what we say or what we do or how we spend our time. Recognise the authority of Jesus and then we see how we can actually be used by him. Hold high the name of Jesus. That, this is what we learn from Peter and John. What do we learn? Uh, I think there are two principles here. The first one is that we have to hang out with Jesus. The uh, religious leaders, when Peter and John came before uh, the Sanhedrin to speak, what did they say in verse 15? They saw the courage of Peter and John and realised they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They were just ordinary people and here they were standing up. They didn't say any uh, amazingly intelligent uh, new truth or solve any you know, world problem. 
they just stood up with authority that came from Jesus because Jesus was the authority in their life. And the Sanhedrin could not believe it. How did these unschooled um, you know, ruffians get the courage and the, and the authority to question us and to stand like that uh, in the face of our cross-examination? They noticed that these men had been with Jesus. What do you think Peter and John were doing that night? They got arrested just before dark because that's when the temple courts were closed. They got thrown into prison. They know they're going to go before the Sanhedrin, the very same men who put Jesus to death. What do you think they did? They prayed. They would have talked to each other. They would have discussed uh, their faith in Jesus. They would have prayed to him and, and uh, called out for his help. And you know, we get a pretty good indication of this because when the Sanhedrin releases them um, in verse uh, following verse 20 and, and says, you know, threatens them and says, don't speak anymore. They go back to the little group of Christian people, um, which is over 5,000 people now. And what do they do? They pray. They pray. And what do they pray for? Verse 29 and 30, if you've got uh, Acts 4 open. Just a, a little summary of what they prayed. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. What do they pray? Lord, pre please protect us from these bullies so that they won't actually arrest us and, and put us to death. No, they pray, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Where did that come from? It comes from knowing that Jesus has the authority, doesn't it? Let us speak with great boldness and stretch out your hand, Lord, and heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. Let people see. You see, uh, miracles don't convert people. Miracles don't convert people. They, they uh, grab people's attention to listen to the message. See, the, the Sadducees, they didn't say the miracle didn't happen. They said, everyone knows the miracles happen. We can't deny that. But that doesn't mean we're going to believe in Jesus. You see, the miracles actually, they give uh, the opportunity to speak of Jesus. And God may still do that today in many ways. But we need to pray for opportunities, don't we? To be with Jesus... Um, how do we do that? This is one way we do that, isn't it? Because God is in our midst as we gather in a special way. And we, we should be with Jesus, with his people, as we encourage each other in the Christian faith. We should be with Jesus as individuals, as we do our own reading of the Bible and praying. We should be with Jesus as we go about our day praying for his presence and um, his opportunity. Spend time with Jesus. That's what we learn from the apostles. That's what people noticed. And that is how we allow Jesus to actually have the authority in our lives. If we make our decisions during the day, considering that Jesus is with us.
and watching us. So that's the first thing we learn. The second thing we learn is that being with Jesus is about keeping in step with God's Holy Spirit. The whole episode of Peter and John getting the chance to witness by healing this man was because they were in tune with God's Holy Spirit and they saw um, where God was moving. Why did Peter grab the hand of this lame man and not any of other beggars? As we suggested last week, because this is the prompting of God's Holy Spirit. This is the man and we see how that works out. Um, Peter and John had no idea of all that was going to happen the next day. But God knew. So by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, they took, they, they took a, a step of faith. What a chance they took for Peter to grab a lame man who's been lame since birth and say, stand up and walk and nothing happened. But because of the, the leading of God's Holy Spirit, they knew that this is where God was at work. How often do you pray that you'll be able to see where God is at work today? How often do we think to pray that, that we might join in with God's work, led by his Holy Spirit, in specific and particular circumstances? The scriptures tell us to keep in step with God's Holy Spirit. We have the presence of God's Spirit with us. We have to cooperate with him and walk with him. God uses those who keep in step with his Holy Spirit. Perhaps Peter remembered these words that Jesus spoke to him and the other disciples. Luke records it. Jesus says, When you are brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, don't worry about what you will say, how you will defend yourself. The Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. If we're going to keep in step with God's Holy Spirit, we need to know his promises, don't we? And as we walk with Jesus, part of that is reading the scriptures and, and, and knowing God's presence with us and knowing his promises. I'm, I'm sure that they would have reminded each other of those words of Jesus as they tried to encourage each other. Remember what Jesus said. We've been called before these synagogue rulers and authorities and the Holy Spirit is with us and he will give us the words to say. So let me just finish. Have you worked out who is the authority in your life? And to answer that question, how many times have people come up to you and said, I can tell that you have been with Jesus? Because if he has the authority in our life, that's where it comes from. Has anyone ever said that to you? I can tell that you have been with Jesus. And are we prepared each day to want to walk with him uh, in step with God's Holy Spirit? Spend time with Jesus, keep in step with God's Holy Spirit and he will give us opportunities to do uh, things that we could never have imagined, to speak and to act in ways that we could never have thought. And mostly, um, we will be able to fulfil what Peter has called all of Christians to do. 
our verse from 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, that you are the name above all names. And that is, it is in the name of Jesus that we are saved, that there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. So, Lord, help us to give Jesus that authority that comes with his name, authority in our lives, guidance and direction as we as we live each day, determined to walk with you. And Father, help us to spend time with you and to keep in step with your Holy Spirit so that we can be useful in your service and that we can be a part of sharing the good news of Jesus when the opportunities arise. We pray this, Lord, for your power and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.